Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Half Hour. My name is Michael. And I'm Kieran. Hello, everybody. You're in for a great show today, ladies and gentlemen. We have a game, an unlikely worship song, another top three. And we're going to be talking about an interesting fact from the book of Judges. But Kieran, Mm. before we do all those things, I have a weird one for you. A strange thing happened to me yesterday. Right. So as you know, I, I like to think of myself as a fairly handy person. So I have tools, I have drills and jigsaws and and buzz saws and all kinds of things. And I was putting something up yesterday and I had occasion to drill a hole. So I got my drill and I drilled a hole and then I went to remove the drill bit uh, to put in a screwdriver bit because I had to screw something into said hole. So those of you who have drilled before, you put your hand around the chuck, you put your drill in reverse, you... You fire it so that the the bit loosens. And then into my hand fell the drill bit, as you'd expect. And something else, Kieran. What do you think fell into my hand that came out of my drill? That came out of your drill? You know, the the area of the drill where the the screw bits and the drill bits go in. What do you think fell out of there? Uh, A bug of some kind. Oh, my goodness. You're genius. A wasp? Four earwigs. (laughs) Living Four earwigs year fell into my hand, <laughs> along with the drill bit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so creepy. Oh, that is, yeah, it's nasty. I pulled a, I pulled a, you know, the tape dispenser things you get? They, they have the, the tape in a sort of plastic vessel, mm-hmm. and they also have a thing where you can tear off a bit of tape. Mm-hmm. I picked up my one of those recently, having not used it for ages, and there was like a dead fly stuck to it, like flypaper. <laughs> it nice. become trapped there. I'll teach it. I'll teach it. Yeah, yeah, bugs, yeah. bugs, man, everywhere. But I've never had that. I've never had uh, bugs living inside one of my tools before and then just like falling out unexpectedly. It was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I don't mind most bugs, but I'm not a fan of bugs where you're not expecting them. Mm, That's surprise not usually bugs. very fun. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, surprise bugs, not so good. Expected bugs, they're fine. Surprise, they say, uh, as they fall out of your drill. And I throw them onto the bed. <laughs> say, onto the bed. <laughs> yeah. I was putting up some blinds in the bedroom. And, uh, right. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was really gross. So, and then, mm. I had, then I had to gather mm. them all up, chasing them around with, with Kleenex, trying to gather all right. these earwigs before, uh, before we had to go to bed and then find a bunch of earwigs in our bed, that wouldn't be good. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah. these, all these fun things and more. Yikes! Okay, Kieran. Today's game is a numbers game again. Um, I know you love a numbers game. Oh yes. And basically, it's kind of a which one is larger? You just have to guess what there are more of. So, mm-hmm. uh, here's number one. But we'll let's smash straight into it. Are there more bones in an average adult's body or <laughs> chapters in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible? So, Ooh, and okay. If, and also, okay. if you'd like, if you think you know any of the answers, you can uh, you can let us know what number you think it is. 
Mm. If you're playing along mm. at home, ladies and gentlemen, and you know the numbers, then big old star-shaped sticker for you. So, number of bones in the average adult's body, or number of chapters in the Pentateuch, what do you think? Okay. I think they're probably close. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that there's somewhere in the region of 200 chapters, probably, in the Pentateuch. Mm-hmm. But I think there are more bones in the human body than that. But I don't know how many, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's way more or if it's just a bit more. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with bones. All right. Our survey said... Hey, hey nice. it is bones. There are 206 bones in our bodies, and there are 187 chapters in the oh, Pentateuch. Okay. So well okay. done. Okay. Mm. Are there more cities in the UK or mentions of the word city in the New Testament? So, more cities in the UK or more mentions of the word city in the New Testament? Well, there there are definitely quite a few mentions of city in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um whether there's more than, if only I was the kind of person who knew, had a, even a rough idea of how many cities there are in the UK. <laughs> if you had to guess. This would be easier. If you had to guess how many cities are in the UK, Kieran, what would you say? Uh, I think I'm going to uh, uh, go with cities, mm-hmm. actual cities versus mentions of cities, avoiding your question entirely. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with actual cities. All right. Let's see if you're IRL. right. Yo! I'm afraid not. There are 69 cities in the UK. There are 51 in England, 7 in Scotland, 6 in Wales, and 5 in Northern Ireland. And there are 98 okay. mentions of the word city in the New Testament. So the New mm, Testament wins this nice. time. Okay. Yeah. okay. One and one. Number three. Here we go. Are there more Psalms or <laughs> Lecrae tracks? <laughs> uh, some uh, some qualification here. Lecrae is a Christian rapper. Um, yeah, yeah. He has ten albums released between 2004 and 2020 under his name Lecrae. So we're not talking about anything yeah. from 116 or anything that he is feet on oh, that okay. isn't his own no, on his own albums. No collaborations no or collaborations. anything. Okay. So just over his ten okay. albums over the last 16 years, are there more mm. tracks on his albums or Psalms in the Bible? Again, I think this is probably very close. Because mm. uh, if he's done 10 albums, which yeah. is unbelievable, um, then, yeah, I am going to say, I'm going to give it to the Bible. You're going to give it to the Bible? Because that feels like a, a, a safe bet. Uh, always bet on the, well, don't, don't bet. <laughs> but if you do bet, bet on the Bible. <laughs> Good work. Um, because I think it's probably close. Yeah, I think it's close. And I think maybe the Bible just, ed- Sam's just edges it out. All right, here we go. Let's take a look. Hey, hey. you are right. It was the Psalms. you know how many Psalms there are, Kieran? Mm, no, <laughs> that's a mean, there is. That's a mean question, isn't it? There are. I'm going to tell you. There are. Do, do we get do we get up to the 140s with the psalms? We do. We get up to the exactly 150 psalms. Ah, okay. And right, there right. are 147 Lecrae tracks over those 10 albums. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was close. Okay. You're right, man. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Well done. All right. 
Here's number four. Are there more mentions of the word fruit in the Bible or varieties of apple grown in the world? (laughs) So is there more fruit in the Bible or apples in the world? Mentions of fruit in the Bible. So the exact word fruit in inverted commas. Well, the world is a big place Mm -hmm. and there are many varieties of apple in it. Yeah. But the Bible is a big place too. <laughs> That's true. And <laughs> the Bible times, they were a big place. And so I'm, I'm going to say real world apples. There yep. are more of those. All right. Yeah. Let's take a look. Whee! Nice. Nice. Well done. This one is not actually very close at all. There are... 160 mentions of the word fruit in the Bible. And according Mm -hmm. to the University of Illinois website on their Apple Facts page, there are (laughs) seven and a half thousand varieties of apple grown worldwide. Seven and a half thousand. That's incredible. Yeah, I did. I would not have guessed there's that many. That's uh, that's a lot of apples. It would be great to have a chat with the person who curates the Apple Facts page. Maybe we could get them on the show. Not going to lie. It was uh, it was a little on the dated-looking side, so I think it would have been up there for quite a while. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah. that's that. I, my best research, that was what I could find, but who knows the exact number. All right. You're Perhaps more for... have been discovered since. <laughs> I can only hope. Um, mm. Are you ready for your fifth and final one, Kieran? Go for it. You are, for those listening at home, you have already won. You are you got three right and one wrong so far. So this is just for mm. bragging rights. There's okay. a lot of there's okay. a lot of judges in the uh in the news lately, Kieran. Don't know if you've noticed that. The old news cycle. <laughs> a lot of talk about the Supreme yes. Court. I think think I know what's coming. <laughs> are there more judges <laughs> in the book of judges? Or judges in the UK Supreme Court, not the US Supreme Court, the UK. Mm. The UK Supreme Court does unfortunately doesn't feature regularly in the news like <laughs> the US one does. It doesn't. Yeah. Maybe it's not viewed as as exciting. Yeah, it's not, uh, there's not quite as, as the, much as going the US on. Hmm. Mm. Uh, so unfortunately, I know nothing about it. <laughs> so fortunately for I, me. I, <laughs> so I, but I'm going to assume it's a low number because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. there aren't many Supreme Court judges in America. It's not, there's not a huge number of them. So, uh, but then are there that many judges in the book of judges? <laughs> it's not a long book. Well, it's not called Judge, is it, Kieran? I mean, come mm, on. No, no. Well, at least we know that. There's at least two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? I am going to say UK Supreme Court has more. All right. Let's take a look and see. Oh. You get a bell and a buzzer because this is actually a trick question. There are 12 judges oh. in the Book of Judges and there are 12 judges on the UK Supreme Court. So there you go. There are, tw- yeah. there are 12 judges. Yes, that's yeah. the kind of thing that uh, one who purports to read the Bible <laughs> you'd think would remember. Because uh, that's a that's a significant number. Yeah, there are twelve on both courts. Well, not that there was twelve on the court at the same time. There's only one judge in the book of judges that was active at any one time. But you know what I mean. There are twelve. Yeah, yeah. But well done, Kieran. You are a winner nonetheless, uh, despite my trick question at the end. So good job. Woo! 
Cheers, Michael. That was a very well put together, well researched quiz. Just want, uh, to, to make sure you get some credit there, <laughs> listeners. I think that was obviously meticulously put together, especially the like, well, the number of Lecrae tracks for oh, one yeah. thing. I did have to know. count them. That is true. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That must have taken ages. Took all of five minutes. Man, the time, the time I put into this quiz, my stars. <laughs> but no, you're very welcome. Thanks for playing. Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Well, Michael, it's time for our unlikely worship song for this week. Woo. And this week, I have I'm to glad say, you're Kieran, excited. Um, I've been told to stop saying that this is the best part of the podcast. But um, <laughs> by who? <laughs> by your wife? People, people in general. Um, <laughs> But I have been I have been widely sharing your unlikely worship songs with anyone who hasn't heard them. Um, I've been known okay. just to accost my colleagues at work, people in the street, um, <laughs> you know, and I just say, "Hey, have you heard this? Have you heard this unlikely yeah. worship song?" So uh, I'm excited about this one. Is is what I'm saying. Well, I've always wanted to accost people with my music. It's been my <laughs> dream since I was uh, a lad. So it's nice to have you out there. Uh, raising awareness, Michael. So <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. No, I am very flattered. I'm very flattered that you would share them with anyone. <laughs> but then and I suppose I do make them available for this podcast. So Absolutely. You know. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want to share Kieran's Unlikely Worship songs, then quite often, if you go to our Facebook, at Holy Half Hour, then you can find shorter clips of uh, of mm-hmm. the podcast to share with your friends. So if, if you think, yep. if you think, you know, this is so funny, it has to be shared, but, but the rest of the podcast... <laughs> take or leave it then uh <laughs> then you can share share the book share the uh the unlikely worship song absolutely well here's one that you may think twice about sharing with your friends michael <laughs> uh we're, we're back to kids songs this week so i i've, I've been trying to find uh, well the premise of unlikely worship songs listeners if you've just joined us is that uh we write songs for perhaps those trickier parts of scripture or uh, subjects that are more difficult to fit into a concise worship song format. Yeah. <laughs> and that you may or may not ever want to sing in church. <laughs> uh, so th- this concept is for a kid's song this week. And it is about a donkey, a certain donkey Ooh, from Scripture. I wonder which one. No, no Shrek <laughs> references here. But a certain donkey with a certain talent. So I'm trying to be spoiler free for <laughs> yeah. those who have met, never read this before. <laughs> well, I suspect it might be uh, fairly well known in its unusualness. Mm, yes, Although I don't know yes, what it is, no maybe doubt. I'm maybe I'm making assumptions. You know, it might not be what I think it is. So, uh, so okay. shall, shall we okay. play it, Kieran? Yeah, let's just get into it, and I can apologize afterwards. Sweet, here it goes. <laughs> Balaam got up in the morning and he saddled up his donkey And he went to prophesy against God's people for some money Now the Lord wasn't happy and his angel blocked the road Balaam beat the donkey, but the donkey wouldn't go The donkey said, Eat-aw. Now, what are you hitting these for? What did I do, Pop? You can't just hit his mate, that's unacceptable I tell you, just look ahead and see what the Lord has to reveal. Stop hitting his mate. You should be ashamed of your seed. 
It's a short one today. Hey, you did it, Kieran. You finally got ashamed of your seal uh, yeah. into a podcast. No, I know. Well, you, uh, thank you, man. You know, I was coming to the recording of this one, and I thought, mm. what voices have I even got left? <laughs> What can I do? Because I've been leaning a lot into the sort of posh English accent mm, that I yes. can, can sort of do. Yep. And uh, and a bit of Cockney. There's been a bit of Cockney sprinkled in every week. But mm. that's really all I can do, apart from something resembling a Scottish accent, obviously. Oh, man. So Whew. our listeners from from Hoik will uh, <laughs> have brought a tear to their eye. You'll have had your uh, tea. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious, Kieran. Very, very good. Oh, gosh. Uh, actually, my face hurts from smiling and laughing during during that. Oh man! So the story, it's... listeners, if you're not familiar, is um, well, actually, Michael, do you know pop quiz? Mm. Do you know what book of the Bible this is in? It's one we've covered already. I like to think that I do know where this is found. I think it's in Numbers chapter twenty-two, but I could be it, wrong. Well, it is Numbers. You're absolutely right. You, uh, if you know the chapter reference, well done. I can't remember, <laughs> but uh, it is in Numbers. And uh, Balaam, Balaam is uh, is going to go and prophesy against the people of Israel. Uh, I think he's he's getting paid to do it. I think according to the story, and basically the Lord uh, blocks his path, and the donkey sees the angel of the Lord, but Balaam doesn't, and so Balaam's trying to is beating the donkey, trying to get it back on the road, and then the donkey the donkey suddenly goes, "Oi!" <laughs> and uh, and has a word yeah. with him, which Absolutely. is highly unusual. It is so, very unusual and worth reading. And our production crew have just mm. let me know that it is, in fact, in Numbers chapter 22. So. Excellent. Thanks, go. production crew. <laughs> so I so I thought, you know, tr- tr- let's try and make uh, this story into a little pop music nugget. But, you know, I, I got into the story, Michael, and I, like, in my mind, there was much more conversation between Balaam and Donkey mm. than there actually is. Yeah, the donkey has like two lines, and then it's just over. Yeah, and uh, in that in that lovely way that scripture sometimes does, where there's no kind of editorial or comment on what's happened, <laughs> yeah. it just moves on. Just moves so on. So you've got a, a donkey says two <laughs> lines, and then like you know we're on to the next thing almost, and uh, it's yeah, I just find that quite amusing. Good old scripture. Good old scripture. The top 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 three three three. Okay, Kieran, are you ready for our quick fire top three? Put them in order. How many times they're mentioned in the Bible quiz? I'm ready. You've been doing pretty well recently, although I, I threw some difficult ones at you in recent episodes. So I think that this one might be a medium ground one. A little bit difficult, a little bit obvious. And it's weapons in the Bible. So okay. we've got shield, sword, and spear. Mm-hmm. Now, while Kieran thinks about this, listeners, in case you're joining us for the first time, Kieran has to put these in order, the number of times they appear in the New International Version of the Bible, from least to most. So, shield, sword, and spear. What are you thinking, Kieran? Now, remember, it's not interesting for listeners if you think in your brain. You've got to think out loud. I think, so what I was thinking there, listeners, is I was <laughs> thinking about, uh, initially I was going to say shield probably last, mm. but then... There are quite a few mentions, I think, of of the Lord being a shield. In Psalms, for example, you've got the shield of faith. In 
the New Testament. You've got mm. a few different references. I think probably the one that's mentioned the least is spear. Okay, but mm, so does that mean but, that you think that sword is the most, or are you leaning towards well, sword is the highest? Well, I, I was going to put shield last, but now I think it's not last. Uh, but then actually, maybe it is last. Mm, it could be. You know, as I, it's a tight one. It's a tight one. Yeah, yeah. It's a difficult mm. one. This is a toughie. Toughie. Well, because th- th- I guess there are a lot of spears in scripture as mm-hmm. well. There yeah. are lots of spears Shattered get a lot spear. of mentions. A lot of, lot of spears in, mm-hmm. the, in the Psalms as well. The Philistines, they love a, a, love a spear. Mm. Very true. Uh, Goliath had a very long spear, didn't he? He had a big spear. like a, uh, the, I can't remember what it was described as, but basically it's big. <laughs> uh, that's a totally useless comment. What am, I, what am I talking about, Michael? Why am I saying anything? <laughs> Now, now remember, Kieran, I don't know. The, the, this is the quick segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's have a decision. Shield bottom. Okay. Then spear. Mm-hmm. Then sword. All right. Let's see what the send effects department say. Way. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well done. What a relief. That's right, sword comes up way ahead of the rest with 366 mentions. Then it <laughs> is pretty tight between spear and sword, uh, shield, sorry. Spear is 64 and shield is 48. So there you go. Okay. Hmm, well done. Another win on the top three, Kieran. <laughs> and you've also enlightened us to know that Goliath's spear is described as a big spear. <laughs> True scholars of the word will know what I was getting at there. Absolutely. They'll know all the words I had meant to say that just weren't there. They will be thinking them. And that is good. Bye-bye. Okay, Kieran, I have an interesting fact for you from the Book of Judges this week. Cool. However... I actually did had to do quite a lot of research this week, so I'm going to try to not get too deep in the mire with this one. Uh, I don't want to okay. go too deep into biblical exegesis and get, you know, speak beyond my pay grade. Um, however, my interesting fact is that Judges chapter 1, verse 19, mentions iron. Okay. It says this, The Lord was, the, was with the men of Judah, They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had chariots fitted with iron. Mm. Now, the reason, according to a bunch of books I researched, one of which was uh, a book that I originally read when I was first studying theology, which is A Journey Through the Hebrew Scriptures by Frank S. Frick, on page Mm. 243, mentions that this is interesting because the events that are being described here happened around 200 or so years before iron was widely used by the people that are being described. And Mm. the reason that's interesting is because it speaks to the fact that there is what scholars call a Deuteronomistic historian as the editor of Judges. So Judges is edited from a... uh, So Judges is edited from a specific perspective and for a specific perspective purpose and there are some obvious motivations for uh the person who edited uh judges so things like Mm. 
that the Israelites need Yahweh, that they need God. They need to be faithful to him. That's an obvious kind of theme that runs through Judges. Also, that the Israelites shouldn't worship Canaanite gods uh, and they shouldn't assimilate with other cultures. So those are the kind of more obvious themes uh, the editor of the Deuteronomistic historian editor is uh, is pushing. But there's also some quite interesting, according to some scholars, uh, less obvious motivations for this editor. Things like um, it's a pro-monarchy perspective. So it's it's laying the foundation for the time of the kings, you know, especially the last little bit um, of Judges where it kind of lays the foundation for the kings of Israel to come in. But also there's an interesting anti-northern tribe perspective, uh, according to some according to some scholars around chapter 19 particularly. There's a, quite a lot of anti-Saul and pro-David um, kind of teaching in there. So that c- could be one thing that the uh, Deuteronomistic historian is trying to achieve. And the reason I think this is interesting mm. is because <clears throat> obviously we believe as Christians that God is living and active and that the Bible is living and active and therefore God can speak to us about our lives today using the book of Judges. However, there is troubling content in the book of Judges and it is difficult and uh, there's some really challenging things that happen in there um, which I won't go into (laughs) at risk of uh, making this no longer PG-13. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, you know, if you read through Judges with your kids, there's some, it's like an action movie. It's like a spy movie, but there's also some real troubling things. And as you go in deeper and into chapter mm. 19 and other stuff, there's some really horrible things that happen in the book of Judges. But mm. the narratives of the book of Judges still have an impact on our modern culture. And it's important that anything that impacts our modern culture, we understand that they may have an agenda that's specific to the time in which they're written. I read through the Lion Handbook of the Bible and it talked about this idea of a characterization of a Delilah archetype. So this archetype that's still pervasive in culture today that kind of demonizes strong, independent, particularly sexually independent women is like this Delilah kind of kind of idea. And I just mm. think that it's important to realize that there's no feminist agenda to the Book of Judges. There's no kind of modern agenda to the Book of Judges. But there is a specific agenda, you know, it's trying to achieve certain things. And that's because there's an editor and you can tell there's an editor because there's anomalies in there, like the use of iron. And I just think it's important. And this is kind of, for me, why biblical exegesis, the understanding of the context, the understanding of who wrote the books and everything else is exciting Mm. because people come at Christians all the time with, oh, God is sexist. God is racist, God believes in slavery, you know, all this other stuff, which we don't believe is true, um, and we don't believe that's what the Bible says. But the Mm -hmm. Bible is written at a certain time, from a certain perspective, and some books are written with a certain aim. And um, I just think it's interesting, Kieran. So, uh, yeah, that's my interesting fact about judges. What do you think? Yeah, no, that is very interesting, Michael. Yeah, yeah. No, and I I certainly think... um, there is a perception out there of Christians that they, uh, from the rest of the world, that they believe or are supposed to believe that kind of everything in the Old Testament, say, literally happened, mm. you know, 
and 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 uh, like cer- certainly my belief to take Genesis as an, as an example. This is something that Tim Keller has said. So really, I'm parroting his words that you know that the opening chapters of Genesis read a lot like a poem. Mm. And the important thing with the Book of Genesis is. Uh, with those opening chapters, certainly of the Book of Genesis, is more understanding the intention of of God and what God is communicating through this poem about the creation of the world, mm. rather than trying to parse out a timeline so then we can date the Earth to a specific date and then we can argue with the scientific community about that mm. for the rest of time and that kind of thing. For me, as you've said, I think it's more about. Um, understanding each book in its context and what it was trying to communicate to its audience at the time yeah and and i think you highlight that very well with the book of judges um you know when you you mentioned the thing about how it's it's quite monarchistic in it's like its intention in that Mm. it's trying to sell the idea of (laughs) kings and having a king over israel yeah. Uh, which, boy, we'll get to that, uh, <laughs> I guess, in this overview of the books of the Bible that we're doing. But the, 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 the verse that always comes to mind for me when we talk about these more troubling aspects of Judges is that verse that comes up at least once, I think probably at the, at the end of the book, but in other places too, where it says that in those days Israel had no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. And uh, I think that is really a, yeah, an important verse to keep in mind when you read a book like Judges. Yeah, um, definitely. Because some wild stuff happens in there and some stuff that we can say with certainty that you know is not sanctioned by the lord definitely definitely no it's good and i think that's important to remind to remember that verse and uh yeah to remember that everything in the bible was written in a context whether we understand it Mm. or not you know it was still written in the context it's good Mm. thanks for your thoughts on that Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have time for today. But thank you, as always, for joining us. We love having you as part of this community. And uh, yeah, it's amazing that you join us each week. Thank you. It certainly is. Thanks, everybody. And uh, it just remains for us to say you can find us at Holy Half Hour at all good social media platforms. And if you're, you can also email us. It's hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. And if you're enjoying the show, why not share it with somebody? Hey, hey, why not share it with somebody? Hey, yeah, just just give a wee share. Cheeky hey, share. Hey, hey, come on. Hey. Well, until next week, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.